0: Our holy God, we come to you now, Lord, asking you for clarity of mind for our brother Todd. We ask, Lord, that you would prepare the hearts of your people, God, to hear your word, to receive it. God, we pray that it would be effectual in calling lost souls to yourself. God, we pray that today would be the day of salvation for the lost among us. Lord, we pray that you would Use our brother now, Lord, to to boldly proclaim your word, and Lord, that your people would hear it and receive it, and we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning. I bring greetings from Waco Family Baptist Church. It's always good to be here with you. It has been a while, but we're glad to be uh, able to be with you this morning. It's a privilege to be able to open the Word of God for you. For our text this morning, we are in a familiar passage, a familiar psalm, Psalm 23. This, this psalm is one that many of us have memorized as, as children. I, I wanted to share this morning a story of abuse in my own home. I was forced against my will to commit these words to memory, and uh, they didn't even ask my opinion about it. That's just the way it was. You're going to memorize uh, psalm twenty three psalm one, other other psalms, other texts of scripture, and having lived through that sort of abusive home life, I want to encourage as many of you who will to carry on that kind, that same type of abuse in your with your children that 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 same type of of forcing them, even when they are so young that they don't understand the meaning of the words. I can't tell you. And maybe you would have this same testimony, the times that you have been able to draw upon the words that you memorized from the Scripture as a child. And, uh, and I never could have known the benefit of that when, when we were memorizing some of those things. Uh, these, these six verses that we come to today are very familiar to us. Some of us have memorized them. They're they're often quoted in church culture and church context, but even in pop culture, they, these, this psalm is well known. E- even on the way to church this morning, uh, we had the radio. I, I turn on radio preachers on the way to church. I think just to get my blood pressure going and get it get it up there pretty high. Uh, but this morning, I found out with a gift of any size, you can you can receive a bookmark that has a the 23rd Psalm, and I, that, was, that really happened on the way in this morning. And, you know, that, uh, th- this Psalm is well known and it's talked about uh, many times. So, so there's a couple of things because of the familiarity with the text that we want to get out of the way. Because I memorized the Psalm in the King James Version as a child, I will be using the King James Version this morning. This is not a statement of any kind. <laughs> i'm I'm picking no fights and and I'm not interested uh, but but if if I memorize the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and I come to the new American standard, the new one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I will have no lack. uh It's going to confuse this feeble mind of mine, so i will I will stay with the king james. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. And secondly, because of the familiarity that we have with this text. Just a word of warning. We we know that that old saying, familiarity breeds contempt. And it means that extensive knowledge, especially if it's just a a, a cursory knowledge, perhaps it's a long-time familiarity like rote memorization of these words from childhood. Closeness, familiarity with a thing can lead to a loss of respect for the thing. We can assume on it. Uh, So it might be tempting for us to say, oh, I know the 23rd Psalm, and to disengage, to to throw our spiritual affections into neutral, as it were. And uh, we would miss the treasures that are here for us in these familiar words. So as we come to them this morning, let's come with fresh eyes and fresh ears to hear what the Word of God says. So if you found your way to Psalm 23, If you'll follow along in your copy of God's Word as I read, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, forever may god bless the reading of his word as we make some observations this morning from this text uh, this will not be exhaustive in any way it's not meant to be but i want us to notice first I, i guess first just the the nature of the text we come to it and we see here immediately blessings that are promised to the sheep blessings that are promised so so we may come here uh, and say, well, what is this psalm about? Well, it's it's about my shepherd, I will not want, I lie in green pastures, I am beside still waters, my soul is restored, and we get this idea if we read it in that way of an I, me, focus, and if we do that, we miss the whole thing. We we miss everything that should be here for us. The first two words, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is... The Lord is the main focal actor, the main focus for our attention, the covenant making, covenant keeping God of the universe. He is mentioned first in this song, and He should be our focus. We should concentrate on Him through the Psalm. Now, as I mentioned, there are delineated for us benefits to the sheep. There is certainly true benevolence from the Lord to His people. But we don't want to get focused on the gift and ignore the giver. We don't want to focus on the gift and ignore the giver. Take the Lord out of this psalm and there's nothing here. There's nothing left. Take the Lord out and we have an empty me focus. And I think that's, that's for many who profess Christ today, that's the religion that they have. It's far from Christ centered they have a me centered i need to have my felt needs met they they have that sort of a religion and and i think that may be a tendency for us as uh as men and women boys and girls is to focus on ourselves and to read even the scripture the word of god with a self-centered mind Uh, but we don't want to do that we we want to understand uh, what that would be like to, to accept the gifts of God that we enjoy every day, every moment, and and to pay no respect, no honor, no regard for God. Uh, we can think about what that would be like when we see it in children. Now, not your children, but other children that are out there that would that would want to receive gifts from their parents, from their grandparents, but then ignore the ones who love them and give them the gift we would say, well, that is a spoiled child. That is, that is a, maybe we would use the word brat. Christians, we don't want to be those spoiled children. We don't want to be those entitled brats who come to our heavenly father and say, give me, give me, give me. And we don't focus on who he is and, and see that he is the giver of all good things. The psalm begins with the Lord. He is our focus. And as we work through this, we learn not only of the benefits that we receive from him, but we learn something of him uh, as he uses this agricultural metaphor uh, to teach us. uh, The Lord is my shepherd. We we read it. The Lord (laughs) is the shepherd. We, We here have to draw out in our minds for some of us uh long forgotten memories for others maybe there are new things that to remember these these uh things about sheep and shepherds and to draw on this agricultural thing we live in a world where so many people never see uh animals grazing in a pasture <laughs> they never have that connection and how sad that is we in texas are blessed that we can uh you can be in downtown Houston and within just a few minutes you can see a pasture full of cows or sheep or goats or we can see that. So we, sh- we should be able to draw on these things uh, as we come and we see the Lord is the one here who is a shepherd. We may tend to think of God in general or the Godhead as shepherd, but we should be encouraged to specifically think about the Lord Jesus Christ, God's anointed the second person of the Trinity, God's Son as the Shepherd. And we know this because 1 Peter chapter 5 refers to Jesus as the chief shepherd. The chief shepherd. Now you have probably heard pastors, your pastor and I'm a pastor at my church and we are referred to as under-shepherds, but Jesus Christ is the chief shepherd. 1 Peter 5 tells us that. According to John's Gospel, chapter 10, Jesus is the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down His life for the sheep. And Hebrews 13 calls Jesus Christ the great shepherd of the sheep. So it is Christ specifically that we think of when we come here and read, the Lord is my shepherd. It is Jesus Christ that we have in mind here. We observe, uh, I think this is thirdly, that the shepherd is the source and the provider of all good things that come to the sheep. All these things that are listed here are because of the fact that the Lord is my shepherd. We could, we could put that in the text. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not want. Therefore, or because of this fact, as a direct result of Christ's shepherding, these are the benefits and blessings. I shall not want. I lie in green pastures. I drink from still waters. My soul is restored. I have no fear. I am comforted. A table is spread in my enemy's presence. My head is anointed with oil. Goodness and mercy follows me. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. He is the source of all these blessings. And Jesus, the shepherd, provides these blessings to his sheep by shepherding, by ruling over his sheep. Jesus as the shepherd, and we learn here about our Savior and we learn about how we should be as his people, as his flock. Here the shepherd does not ask where the sheep want to go and what they want to do today. How silly that would be. The shepherd doesn't come and say, uh, how would you guys like to have things? The shepherd leads. The shepherd guides. He certainly leads and guides in a way that is beneficial to his sheep. He supplies all our needs. He feeds us. He waters. He gives shelter and protects from predators. Because there certainly are predators. Satan is like a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour so as we think of the shepherd shepherding and ruling and leading we also think of the sheep and we think of what is sheep like behavior what is sheep like now it occurs to me that we use the word sheepish sometimes as a a negative term a sheepish behavior uh today we want to change that in our minds we want to have sheepish behavior that is a good thing we want to have sheep-like behavior we want to think about how if the shepherd leads and guides the sheep follow the sheep obey the shepherd commands the sheep obeys the sheep love and trust the shepherd and this offers us an opportunity to examine our own hearts to to examine our own behavior and to see, is this life that I'm living every day, is this a sheep-like life? Is this sheep-like conduct? And we should evaluate our own hearts and our own behavior in that way. Throughout the New Testament, we learn that the shepherd knows his sheep and they know him. They hear his voice and they obey him. This was brought home to a young man in our church several years ago. Uh, He was a shepherd in in a modern way through FFA and through the support of his parents. He had a a small flock. I I think there were about a dozen sheep and we were able to go out with him one day and, and feed. He was very proud of those sheep. He came to church one Sunday very excited very excited. He said, I now know about the text. The sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know what this is. That week, the neighbor's sheep had gotten in with his sheep. And how are you going to separate these out? Oh, you know, what are we going to do? And he said, he just went out and he called his sheep as he did every day to feed them. And his sheep came to him and the others went the other way. He was very excited to hear that this this thing was real. uh, And and he's referring to, and it reminds us of John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We are the sheep, and he is the shepherd. Now, we also can see if we drive around and look at enough uh, sheep flocks, we can see that from time to time there are goats mixed in with the sheep. There are goats mixed with sheep, and and for some people, some some people will have trouble telling the difference between a sheep and a goat. Different, different ones that look differently, and, and maybe they have trouble telling the difference by sight. And to the untrained ear, they all sound the same. This 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 mixing of sheep and goats happens, but there are differences between the sheep and the goats who may feed side by side with them. Goats are very different animals. Goats are survivors. Goats can survive even in the wild on their own. Sheep, not so much. Sheep need a shepherd. Sheep need a shepherd. I've spoken to so many who raise sheep who have said, you have to watch them. We've considered getting sheep. And after talking to them, I was like, nope, we don't want those, we don't want those dumb animals. <laughs> and God uses that to, to say, this is what you're like. This is, this is how we are. But sheep have to be protected. They're not, they're not going to take care of themselves. They have to be taken care of. They need a shepherd. These sheep have a real dependency on someone to care for them and christians we are sheep we need a shepherd we need to be shepherded we need that guidance we need that care christianity is all about following closely to the shepherd We who are sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, we tune in, we are attentive to what he has said, and we obey, we follow. So again, we have an opportunity here to search our hearts and to say, are you a sheep? Do you behave like a sheep? Each one of us who are Christ's sheep should have on our lips the first Words here from this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Having these words on our lips, the Lord is my shepherd, is a comfort to us. It's a comfort to our soul. To calm our fears, the Lord is my shepherd. To settle our anxieties, the Lord is my shepherd. We also note that it, it, it's more than the Lord is a shepherd the Lord is a shepherd. Now, we certainly could say church, corporate, corporate gathering of believers, the Lord is our shepherd. We certainly could say that. And, and that, that would be true. And, and I have a conviction in churches today there. There's not near enough emphasis on the congregation of the saints, on on the corporate body of believers not a near enough emphasis and thinking about and speaking about the assembly uh, we're talking about this plurality of God's covenant people we have too much individualism especially here in America maybe especially here in the great state of Texas but each Christian is a member of a covenant community of believers and while I want us to to see more focus in our churches on that Without detracting from the corporateness of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, consider the text. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This is deeply personal. Uh, This implies great benefit and great blessing to me personally. The Lord is my shepherd. It speaks to a personal relationship. And every Christian should have this assurance of salvation in Christ that lets us testify, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So we glean from this passage and we understand the Lord better through just the first five words of the text. The Lord is my shepherd, but... I want to move on, and I don't want to be here very long, but, but I want to look at these other benefits that we have delineated for us here. A list of several benefits. For those who are the sheep of the great shepherd. Benefit number one, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I have no lack. God supplies all our needs According to his riches in glory, I have no want. Now, if you're like me, you have ringing in your ear right now. But wait, I do want. I have desires. I I have things that that I might want after, uh, and and you do too. But but many of those desires, if we're honest, if we if we really are honest, we are not wise enough to know if the things that we want would be to our benefit. We're not wise enough to know, I know what I want, but what what do I need? What would be best for me? The Bible does make it clear that, that whatever is not realized in my list of wants, they're not the things that I need. They are not to my benefit, or they're not to my benefit at this time. If they would be for my good, then God would grant them in His right timing. God would provide them. So I have no want, but I have wants. I, I have things that I desire. Contentment is learning to have joy with the things that God has given and not to be grasping continually for the things which He has not given. Boy, some of us really struggle with that, don't we? I mean, not not us, but some people. We struggle with how to be content with what God has provided and not looking over the fence, looking to the other things that God has not granted to us yet. The text tells us here, this is the benefit that we have and this is what we can all say, who are the sheep of the great shepherd, Christ's sheep, have no legitimate complaint for lack or want. We have, we have no legitimate complaint. We do not lack. We do not want. He provides all our needs. Benefit number two, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. That's, uh, boy, just coming out of a long summer. We have, we have a few cows just coming out of a long summer where everything was brown. some Somebody asked me, I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was the tax assessor. What kind of grass do you have? You know what I said? I don't have any grass. <laughs> That's the answer. We've had so much brown, and now we've had some rain, and things are greening up. Boy, it is so good to see lush, green pastures. It, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Christians, when you find yourself In green pastures. In life. You know what that's like. When you find yourself in lush green pastures. Don't pat yourself on the back. As to how you got there. How you got yourself there. He maketh me. To lie down. In green pastures. It is because of His leading. It is because of His providing. He is the source. When you drink from Cool, flowing streams. When your thirst is satisfied, do you acknowledge that it is by His hand? That it is by His leading that you are there? Do you give thanks for these good things? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. John Gill says, by these green pastures may be meant the covenant of grace its blessings and promises, where there is delicious feeding, also the flesh and blood, righteousness and sacrifice of Christ, which faith is led unto and lives upon, to which may be added the doctrines of the gospel, with which Christ's under-shepherds feed His lambs and His sheep, there being in them milk for babes and meat for strong men, and likewise the ordinances of the gospel Here, Christ's sheep are made to lie down, denoting their satiety and fullness. Uh, Gill says a lot there. John Gill says says much. If if I could put a label on what what he's saying there, I would say that green pastures, lying down in green pastures, is having the benefit of the means of grace. Having the benefit whereby we receive the grace of God through the ordained channels that He has provided, that He has given. Spurgeon says the still waters are waters of rest. Waters of rest. Now, sheep coming alongside a raging river would be fearful and possibly in danger of being swept away by the current. So still waters. He leadeth me beside still waters. Christians, when when we consider our lives and we, we consider where we are at work, at church, with our family, sometimes we find ourselves surrounded by tumult. Sometimes we find ourselves where the waters are sour or salty or brackish when we're tossed on violent waves, when we find ourselves in the church setting and in false teaching and false teachers, let us know in those times we have arrived there by following our own nose. The Good Shepherd's leading leads us beside still waters. Leads us to lie down in green pastures. Benefit number three, He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Since our fall into sin by Adam's transgression, the soul of every man is ruined. But for those who have been given to the Son by the Father, Uh, those who are his sheep, we are restored. He restoreth my soul. And we no longer wander around dead in trespasses and sins. Now we are led in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, we just talked about this this morning as... Pastor Shiflet taught Sunday school. He restoreth my soul. And how is our soul restored? In knowledge and righteousness and in true holiness. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. This, This sounds great. Green pastures, still waters, restored soul. So maybe we'll get the idea here that being in Christ Jesus' flock is all sunshine and roses and everything's just, it's, it's wonderful. But we have for us as a check this next statement. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now the valley of the shadow of death is not death. It's not dying. It's the valley of the shadow of death, not Death itself. The valley of the shadow of death is the here and now. It's this life. It's where we live every day. And, and it doesn't say if perhaps one day I should walk through the valley of the shadow. No, though I walk through the valley of the shadow, even, even though now I am living in the valley of the shadow of death. Benefit number four. I. Fear no evil. I fear no evil. What a a statement that is. No fear. Do they still make bumper stickers that say no fear? That, That used to be the thing you put on the back of your car or back of your truck. No fear. There are those people who are really imprudent. I use the term really imprudent because you're not supposed to use the word stupid in a sermon. I learned that. So don't, I don't want you to, don't even think about that word because we're just going to use the word imprudent. There are people who are really imprudent who have no fear. They they have no good cause to be fearless. It's just evidence of their imprudence. (laughs) But there are people with no fear, but wise men, wise women, have some sense of fear, a healthy sense. Now, now we can take that too far, but, but wise men and women have a healthy sense of fear unless there is some factor, something that dispels that fear. So we should have a healthy fear unless there is good reason not to. Now, sheep, fellow sheep, we fear no evil. What is the dispelling factor what is the thing that makes a difference i have no fear i fear no evil and the factor that gives me confidence is thou art with me the lord is my shepherd and he is with me even though i'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death i'm not afraid now we have to search our hearts again in this place. We have to say this valley of the shadow of death that we live in, already we've talked about in this very worship service, we've prayed about things. Uh, as, as your pastor was praying, I was, I was tracking the things that are fearful, that we pray for, the things, uh, I think you mentioned the politics and, and economy and uh, goodness, there's there's wars and rumors of war that is all around us that, that, that now, I mean, realize this, we have, for my whole life, we've talked about, well, World War III, and now we can talk about, is this the beginning of World War III? And, and it can be a real conversation. It can be, that's, that's the world in which we live. We live in the valley of the shadow of death. And look back over the last few years, we've experienced a global pandemic that, that many of us can point to people, friends and family who didn't make it through that. There's so much to be fearful about. We've been affected by heartache and pain, by sickness and death. uh, Terrorist plots, threats of mass gunmen. I mean, there's, there's so many things. Our political landscape is constantly changing and almost never for the better. Financial ruin seems to be, I mean, I don't know where you live, where I live, it seems to be right there. The wolf is always at the door. It seems to be right there. There's so many things in this fallen world that are difficult, and we are living right now in difficult times, and many of us have fears that plague our hearts. Fears for health, fears for financial stability, fears in this great country of losing the freedoms that we are accustomed to, the the things that we enjoy as citizens. They seem to be on the verge of being snatched away. I I wonder, I mean, we all put on a good face, right? We have a stiff upper lip. But I wonder, no matter how we react outwardly, how many of us are gripped by fear? How many of us are led by fear? And for some of us, inwardly, and for others, outwardly as well. Well, sheep, are, are you... Living a life that you would have to say, fear is my shepherd? I think you said something just like that earlier in the service. Would we have to say, fear is my shepherd? I have much want. Fear makes me to neglect on the uh, the good feeding and enjoying the good things that God has given. Fear leads me beside raging rivers. Fear leads me in the paths of worry and anxiety and timidity. Fear leads me to fear more and more. Fear anoints my head with sweat and worry lines, And I'm afraid my cup is empty. See, it's the opposite. If we're led by fear, it's the opposite of what we see here in this psalm when the Lord is my shepherd. Christian, we may need to repent of of unsheep-like behavior. As we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we should be training our hearts and minds to fear no evil, not for no reason, because He is with us, because He is with me. Maybe you you have lived a life where you've had no fear for one reason or another, because of a lack of wisdom, because of ignorance because you don't believe that Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Maybe you have falsely believed that you can handle whatever comes along. Sheep, unless the Lord be with us, we have every cause to fear, but we fear no evil because He is with me. I fear no evil for Thou art with me. Christians Christians must act wisely. Now, no fear doesn't mean that we go act imprudently. Christians must act wisely. We must be wise as serpents, harmless as doves, but when we are facing the dark forces of the valley of the shadow of death, Christians, continue to exercise the good sense that God gave you. Continue to do that, but don't fear Evil, because you know the Lord is your shepherd and He is with you. Now some of us need to repent for a lack of faith. Fear, anxiety, worry, fretting, despair. These things are so common in our day. But sometimes these things are sinful. When they come from, when when they come out of a lack of faith, I mean, we we come together and we sing, great is thy faithfulness. But sometimes what we say in our hearts is, God, great is thy faithfulness, but I'm worried it's not great enough in this circumstance. God, did you see this thing that's going on? I know I can trust you for all things, but, but what about this particular thing? Do we trust and obey as we sing? Do we sing how great thou art? Or do we sing, God, you might not be great enough to conquer this enemy or to conquer this situation. Now, surely we don't verbalize these things. We would never say these words out loud, but some of us live in a constant state of fear. Fightings and fears within and without. This should serve as a call to repentance for some of us. And we should say with the psalmist, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, increasing that righteousness and true holiness for His name's sake. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For Thou art with me we continue to find these benefits here benefits of being sheep shepherded by the Lord thy rod and thy staff they comfort me this speaks of the rod and the staff speaks of loving guidance as well as loving chastisement those whom the Lord loveth he chastiseth. now I know your pastor will cover much on the rod in this class on child training that you'll be That you'll be attending. And and I hope you get great benefit from that. But sheep should be. Comforted. Sheep should take comfort. In the leading of God. Yes. But also in the chastisement. Of God. In the chastisement of God. I I remember and I shared with my church. Not so long ago. I grew up with Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy was another guy. Another guy I went to school with. I went to church with and. Jimmy never got in near as much trouble as me. Jimmy got to do stuff I never got to do. And I would tell my parents that. What a brat. <laughs> but Jimmy, but Jimmy got to do it. But Jimmy's parents, and but Jimmy didn't get in trouble for that. You know what my parents would say? If Jimmy was our son, he would be in the same boat you're in. What they were telling me is we love you and we care for you and that's why we lead you, guide you in this way, and that's why we chastise you when you step out of line. There's comfort in knowing that from parents and there's comfort, sheep, in knowing that from the good shepherd, the great shepherd. His rod and his staff comfort us. When we feel the irritation of sanctification, that felt weird just writing that down and it feels even weirder saying it, the irritation of sanctification, but can we just admit Sanctification, there's an irritation factor to it. If it was easy, everybody'd be doing it. There's an irritation. When we feel the irritation of sanctification, at the same time, we should be comforted because this is evidence that the Lord is my shepherd. His rod and his staff comfort me. Now, the use of the rod and the staff. Uh, one, one use was in counting the sheep as they would pass under the rod, they would be counted. So as the sheep passed under the rod, no sheep was outside the notice of the shepherd. Feel invisible? You feel like nobody, nobody even knows who I am. I'm not important in this, in this big world. No sheep falls outside the notice of the shepherd. His rod and his staff comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, wouldn't it be great if it said, Thou preparest a table far from mine enemies. (laughs) That's where we want our table prepared, right? But that's not what we have here. You prepare a table before me. uh, You prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. The Lord provides for us and nourishes us in the very presence of those people who would have you destroyed. In the very presence of our great enemies. And in the presence of our enemies we still don't fear because he's with us. And the Lord provides for us. Now this is this is not this nourishment. This is not just found nourishment. This is not just a nourishment that we happened upon. Thou preparest. This is prepared nourishment. Prepared for the sheep. God's provision is great blessing for His sheep. Matthew Poole comments on this. Though my enemies may see the table prepared before me, they may envy it. They may fret at it, but they will not be able to hinder it. Isn't that great? God's provision cannot be thwarted by my enemies. God's provision cannot be stopped by Satan and all his demons. God's provision cannot be stopped by that person who comes against me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of of mine enemies now we've talked about god provides all our needs but the next statement thou anointest my head with oil now oil had many uses oil was used as a cleanser it was used as a perfume but but this this is the thing when we read here thou anointest my head with oil this goes beyond basic needs this is not just food and water necessities of life this goes above and beyond that the provision and blessings of the shepherd are not just the bare minimums he anoints my head with oil my cup runneth over my cup runneth over this is this is how god provides the thought comes of of the the ox that was treading the grain and the ox was not to be muzzled now there's there's application in that for how we take care of pastors in our day but what was the idea of that when the enemies of god's people saw they don't even muzzle their ox the ox eats all the grain he wants as he's treading the grain wow their god provides for them greatly He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. He anoints our heads with oil. Our cup is overrunning. Someone has said that this goes beyond abundance to redundance. The imagery of the cup is is the cup that would be for wine that makes the heart merry. Augustine called this cup the cup that caused the martyrs to go down to their death giving thanks this is the cup that runneth over. Now we must ask, if we, the sheep, are the beneficiaries of such great wealth of blessing, do we have a duty then of what we do with that blessing? Someone has said the rain that falls on the mountains must flow down to the valley. The idea is to say that as we receive these blessings from God, we are to be an instrument of blessing to others in God's name. Our cup runneth over. and We don't just bottle that up. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such confidence. Such confidence in the Lord and this confidence only belongs to those who are the sheep of his pasture only to those who can say the lord is my shepherd now here today that this is i mean what do we do with this text what do we do with these six verses christians we first of all are called to believe the promises that are here to believe them and to believe them as the truth of god's word Even if sometimes uh, we can't see that and we can't feel that at the moment. This is the truth. This is how God is providing for us. So we believe His promises. We have confidence and we, we walk in life as sheep of the great shepherd. But for some of you, you cannot say, the Lord is my shepherd. You know the Lord to be a shepherd, but He's not. Your shepherd. You're still lost in your sin. The call of Scripture is that you would repent of your sin and believe savingly in Jesus Christ. These great benefits, I would love to say, everybody gets this. Everybody doesn't get this. This is only for those who can say, The Lord is my shepherd. If He is not your shepherd, Let me encourage you to listen, to hear the call of the shepherd today, to come to him in faith, repenting of your sin. I pray that you are able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I pray that you will know the comfort and security of being in his fold. I hope for each and every one of us that we grow in faith. Heavenly Father, we thank You that You have made us the sheep of Your pasture. We who have believed in Jesus Christ and even believing that faith is a gift from God. We thank You that You have made us the sheep of Your pasture. That You have made us to be in Your fold, in Your flock. We who are so far off have been brought near by His precious blood. God, we pray that You would apply these words to our hearts today. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.